Hey guys, welcome back to Behind the Plinth with Vector Health here. So um, today we have myself, I'm Courtney, and this here is Tracy. We're the two sort of resident paediatric physios here at Vector Health. So we thought that we would just jump on today to maybe have a bit of more of a chat about paediatric physiotherapy and what that sort of looks like, um, what an assessment might look like, when to know um, if your child sort of is struggling with something and um, when you can bring them to physio and potentially what we can do to help and where we can refer on to and things like that as well. So, hey Trace, how are you Hello, going today? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Good. <laughs> so, to start off with, do you just want to tell us a little bit about like what a peds physio is? Yep. So what we do basically, we work with children obviously, so it can be a lot of different types of conditions that you would need a physio for. Um, so one of the more common ones are like babies, young children, the parents might be worried about them not meeting their um, gross motor milestones like sitting, crawling, walking, things like that. Um, we also see a lot of like lower limb alignment issues, so children who are starting to walk, they might have their feet turned in a fair bit knock knees, bow legs, knees mm. sort of turning out, that sort of thing, um, which can also be quite concerning to parents as well. Um, usually is a normal variation that you see in children, mm. um, but a lot of the times parents just want to sort of bring them in to, to get checked, make sure that it's it's all good. Yeah, just for the peace of mind, really. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like you said, it is, it is normal at that developmental yeah, stage yeah. when they do start walking, they are a little bit like a giraffe on stilts yeah. and they're finding their feet yeah. and all of those little muscles are getting stronger and things like that. But yeah. it is good peace of mind that they can just exactly. have an assessment yeah. with us as well. And you know, having yeah. children, you're always so worried about everything mm. and it's not something you want to let go and then years down the track you think, oh, maybe I should have had that checked early on. when they were little early mm. on. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's something that we see quite a lot. Yeah. Um, we also see um, a lot of little babies with flat spots either on the back of their head or sort of off to one side, which is usually just a positional thing. Um, mm -hmm. But again, there's you know usually a few minor things we can do, a bit of advice to give to the parents to, mm -hmm. to help that sort, sort itself out. Um, yeah, so they're probably the main ones that we, we see in yeah. the clinic here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I guess paediatric physiotherapy probably really encompasses from a newborn all the way up until about 17 really just before yeah. they become an adult so even for kids that get a little bit older um, we're treating conditions like cystic fibrosis and different respiratory conditions as well um, anyone that requires some sort of rehabilitation so um, there are some conditions when you're younger um, that that may require like an operation to like your hips or your knees and things like that so if one of those things is needed and the rehabilitation behind that we have a really important role in. Um, so yeah we have a few different ways that we see clients in the clinic here and they're funded through a few different avenues and things like that so do you want to tell us Trace like a little bit about the NDIS? Yes, yep, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so the NDIS as most of you probably know already it's the National Disability Insurance um, so any child or adult who's been diagnosed with a disability um, gets covered by the NDIS. So it's basically just providing funding for therapy, assistive technology, any sort of devices you might need um, to be able to, to reach your goals and have a better quality of life. Mm. Um, so a lot of our children that we see who have disabilities are already on NDIS. So our sessions that we do here are already covered by that. Um, we do get some that 
are yet to be diagnosed and they might come in here for a bit of an assessment as part of the um, investigations and, and a lot of them do then end up on the MDIS and mm. the further therapy is, is covered by that. So, mm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like you said, we, we do play like a fairly important role as well in that diagnosis if, yeah, if there's things that are suspected and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite... Uh, a daunting time for families really than having to go through so many different appointments for a pediatrician and a physio you might be needing a review from an occupational therapist yep. or a psych as well so there's lots of different sort of um, therapies at play there that mm. sort of help br bring that all together and help form a diagnosis with a pediatrician so yep. we do get a lot of families that come through that are yet to be diagnosed um, that we help sort of write reports and do an assessment for that as well. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I think that's where our, like our proper outcome measure assessments come into it. Mm. Uh, that's when mm. they're really useful. Like we do the, the BOT2 here, mm. um, which is from four years old to, to 21 years old. Yeah. Yep. Um, so any child needing like a, a formal assessment done, report written to a paediatrician, that's sort of where we, where we do those sort of more formal more testing on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Another good thing to mention as well is um, for families that are looking at potentially getting a diagnosis and may need a few physio sessions first just to work that out. Mm -hmm. um, you can come to physio without a referral but when you go through the avenues of your GP they can set you up with what's called an enhanced primary care program or yep. an EPC. So you're eligible for five sessions in a 12-month period that are subsidised through Medicare as well. So we do um, have a lot of families that go through the GP, get that EPC referral for five subsidised physio sessions. And throughout those five sessions, we can look to be doing different assessments and things like that just to help form our report for that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. That sound good? I'm nailing this. like what an assessment would look yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Can I just see who that's from? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you want me to just take this? Rafferty uh, Collins. Rafferty. Rafferty. Oh, Rafferty. Is that, have he's you... only a baby, so he's only oh. maybe one or two. Oh, yeah. okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Cool. There's only one-ish one -ish when he came in the first mm. time. Damn, can you try and get him in on one of my days yeah. so we can do that together? Is he already booked in? Yeah. Um, That'd, yeah, probably be a good one to do together. It'd be cool to see, yeah. I love that name yeah, so much. Yeah, human difference. Yeah. yeah. So now, like, that... Has been done. Yeah, cool. Did you tell me on Wednesday? Yeah. Wednesday? No, we're good. Do you want to do the next one? Like, we'll try and do it on Yeah, Wednesday. we'll try and do the yeah. next one. I'll make the next one. Try and make the next one. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be going over a lot. It'll just be what yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. What we yeah. Do. A lot yeah. of background. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I might I write, might write next to that booking. Yeah. Court here, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Just to remind you. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not here Friday. Yeah. We can have a look at that. Yeah. Good. yeah, cool. Love that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we might go through like a what, subjective. Uh, yeah, yeah. What a subjective okay. assessment looks like. Yeah. So, 
Right. What do you reckon Do you maybe? Start or don't yeah. Want to? Okay. We read like half the bullet points each or something for the subjective. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not good at reading stuff like that when I'm trying no, to look at a yeah, camera. Honestly, honestly yeah. and I, when I looked down, awkward. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Too, so just like roll like with whatever you think. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it's not like really formal either. No. Like, no, I know. Yeah. 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 You make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just keep on like introing stuff. I'm like, Trace, you want to tell us? Yeah. <laughs> and over to you. <laughs> All right, we'll just end it up then and I'll start. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so we might just have a chat about now um, what we would do in our subjective examination, which is basically when you first come in, we sort of have a chat about what's brought you in and we sort of take a bit of a history, get all the information that, that we need. Mm -hmm. um, so Courtney, what would, you, what would you normally start with as a child? So to start off with, I find especially like your first session, it is really like rapport building with yeah. that family yeah, and that, with that child them. as well. Yeah, they have to sort of really be comfortable with you. You have to be comfortable with them. So just sort of navigating all of that while you're talking to the family. I always find it quite nice if they're sort of quite young and need to be down on the floor. You know, I've got some yep. nice mats set up. Yep. I'm sitting down on the floor with Just the child, with the family, yep. give them some toys and I can observe a lot of different things mm. that they're doing while I'm chatting yep. to mum and dad. Um, so, yeah, whether they're rolling, are they sitting unsupported, are they getting up by themselves, are they walking around the room? Like, how, would, how does their movement look like yeah. when, when they don't really know that they're being watched, yeah. essentially? Yeah, um, yeah getting the, the parents' names, and I always write them down in the notes because otherwise yeah, we just forget. get so yeah. many families. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then the main thing would just be as well, like letting the parents talk. So, like, sort of what brings you in here today? Yeah, what let, can we do to yeah, help? Let them tell the story. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. because I think sometimes it's quite daunting and overwhelming mm. for them. Um, if there's a new diagnosis or if they're exploring that route and mm. you've got lots of different opinions and things coming in and just some and sometimes a lot of families say to me that they just don't really feel yeah heard yeah. or seen or supported so just really giving them that mm. sort of comfortable space just to have that floor sort of pretty uninterrupted for the first couple of minutes just to really like express how they're feeling and what their concerns are and things like that yeah. and yeah often that's sort of quite upsetting for them as well so just giving them that space just mm. to do that really sort of openly and honestly I I guess would be the first thing yep. um, well, yeah um what yeah what about for you um, it really depends on the child, like the age of the child mm -hmm. and also whether there is already a diagnosis or if there isn't, yep. if there's something that they're wanting you to investigate. Mm. I think that's a big thing because, you know, if that's the case, then you really need to sort of look at the family history mm. um, and sort of go right back to pregnancy and birth if there is anything significant there, yep. any sort of complications, um, just to sort of, you know, give you any clues if there might be something underlying something going on mm, for sure um, yeah whereas if you've already got that diagnosis it's a little bit sort of more around that obviously yeah about what's sort of been done so far and and mm. what what are they wanting wanting us to do yep. yeah what are their goals of therapy definitely yeah. yeah that that sort of family yeah dynamic is pretty yeah. important to look at hey what the family's goals are yeah. for the child and yeah. what that family dynamic sort of looks like what yeah if there's sort of step parents or grandparents yep. or who's involved in taking care of the child and what their transport needs are and things yep. like that, is it is it easy for them to come into the mm. clinic or do they have to take you know two buses to get here? Yeah. Would it be yeah. easier if we go to their house for future sessions? Just yeah. navigating sort of all those things yeah. early so on. It's a big part of paediatric physio is sort of making it work 
in the family mm. um, sort of dynamic, making it easy for them, I guess, to yeah. Yeah, get yep. the therapy done. For sure. Mm. Um, if a child does have a diagnosis as well, um, it's always quite helpful just to have a look at their multidisciplinary team as well. They yep. quite often already have intervention as well from occupational therapy or yep. speech pathologist speech. or... Yeah psych, getting, mm-hmm. to, like, getting their GP name, so if you ever have to have any correspondence with them, you've just sort of got yep. all of that information on file early yep. and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So then the other thing that we're sort of looking at as well throughout our assessment um, is how they move, really. So what's their, their gross and their fine motor function, which, like we said before, we're already doing quite a bit by just letting them play and interact with toys by themselves. Yeah. but. Maybe we might notice something sort of specifically that they're struggling with or Mm. finding a little bit difficult. So just seeing if we can sort of reproduce those sorts of movements and things like that as well. And also asking the parent, you know, going back sort of what age do they do this, 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 just Mm. to, you know, get a bit of an idea about if they are behind or if, you know, they're they're in in line with everyone else. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So with those developmental milestones, there's sort of a rough sort of age frame that some of those skills happen at. It, yeah. it does vary for every child. Yeah. So things like rolling, crawling, mm. unsupported sitting, yeah. walking, things like and that. It's, it's quite a broad range. So yeah. I think that's where a lot of parents start to get worried because they see other kids the same age that are, are doing things and their, their child isn't. Mm. And they do start to worry. But every milestone, it is quite a broad range of what's still considered normal. 100%. Um, yeah. to, to achieve that milestone. So yep. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then just sort of getting to know like their their likes and their dislikes as well. Yep. If you, you really play into that. If they like Bluey, you just you just smash Bluey out yep. in a session. <laughs> whatever whatever is whatever the flavour of yeah. the month, you go with that <laughs> to get the most out of that child that you can as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, is that good? Really hard. I've got this like scratchy throat today. I'm like trying really hard not to cough. Oh no. Do you want to bring your water bottle with? It doesn't help. It'll just make me cough. No, no, no. Just die quietly, Brit. Do you want to? We don't really need to do like. Do you want me to start? Oh, I might. I'll. I'll. I'll just say to you, like, yeah. oh, Trace, you touched Intro, on before. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Two. Yep, yep, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, Trace, you touched on before one of the assessment tools that we use here in the clinic, the BOT2. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, the BOT2, um, it's an assessment tool that measures fine and gross motor proficiency. Um, it's broken down into eight different subgroups or subtests. Um, so it focuses on balance, um, coordination, dexterity, functional mobility, gait, strength, and upper extremity function. Um, so it really does give you a good overview of where that child is at. Um, it highlights sort of where they might be lacking and, and where, they're, where they're doing quite well. Um, so it's tailored for school-aged children and young adults, so anyone from four up to the age of 21. Um, and each item is recorded and provides you with a raw score and then that um, sort of corresponds to an age equivalent. So for each section you can see at what age they're functioning at basically. So in some sections they might be functioning like above their their age, they're doing really well in that category. Others they might be a little bit behind, they might be a year or two um, sort of below where they they should be. 
um, mm -hmm. for, for their age. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's quite, it's quite an um, extensive um, mm. testing yeah, modality, I guess. And yeah. so for the, for the BOT2 sort of complete form, there's actually 53 different things that we test from start to finish that it includes those eight different subgroups as well. So yeah. when we're looking at balances, balancing with one foot in front of the other that we call tandem balance, that with eyes open, eyes closed, we're doing single leg balance, eyes open, eyes closed, there's a balance beam involved. So it, when we look at balance, then there's sort of, yeah, lots of different subgroups under, un, underneath that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then like Tracy said, at the end, we sort of calculate all these numbers, put it all together in a nice report, and it gives us all of those different percentiles and things like that so that you can sort of see for each sort of test and each subgroup as well, if your child is sort of functioning at an average for their age or if they're slightly above or slightly above below or as below. well. Yeah. 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 So really quite good for school-aged children mm. as well. Like we, we've got a lot of people that have come into the clinic and their, their school classroom teacher has flagged that yeah. maybe they struggle to sit in their chair for mm -hmm. long periods of time, that yeah. they get quite tired or their handwriting is lacking a bit as well. Yeah. So that's quite common that we see in here, hey? Yeah. 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 So how do you, I guess, determine who you do the bot to on and who you sort of just do like a regular mm. assessment? Yeah, um, I think that's sort of the, the harder part. Mm, um, mm, definitely. Yeah. It is a really good sort of out or like a baseline measure to have as yeah. well. So a lot of our NDIS kids, it's a really good thing that we might sort of test at the start of the year and then maybe test again six to 12 yep. months later measure, as well. Measure yeah. progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely yep. highlights sort of deficits or areas mm -hmm. that we can improve on in our regular yeah. therapies as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good part of it is it really shows you where you need to focus your therapy on because mm. um, just with other assessments it can be a little bit hard it doesn't really highlight it yeah as well as the bot 2 does so Definitely. yeah I do like that part of mm. it yeah I think the thing I've like noticed most um, since doing the bot 2 is I've got kids that I see sort of on a regular basis out in the gym and we do um, overarm throwing and things like yep. that um, to a target that's probably a little bit bigger sort of around that size and it's velcro and you throw the tennis ball mm -hmm. on it and things like that and they do that really well so I, I go into that thinking that they're going to be quite good with their upper limb function and their throwing accuracy and things yeah. like that but and then you find they're not no sometimes. no then the yeah. target in the in the um, bot 2 testing is only about this big and yeah. then all of a sudden they actually can't throw mm. the tennis ball to hit that target at all. Yep. So I've, yeah. I found that's been one of the mm, interesting, interesting things. Yeah, yeah, yep, and the balance and things mm. like that as well. So yeah. yeah, it just highlights things that and puts it in like a different sort of perception to how you normally see it out in the gym when you're working on stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I guess if you were just sort of listening to this video and you're like, oh, does my, does my kid need a bot too? Do they not? Um, some of the things that um, we have sort of um, like sort of flagged and recommended that might be a good time to bring your child in for an assessment um, is if they get tired easily, like we said before, their, their muscle endurance it might not be sort of quite as good and they struggle to sit in class for long periods of time, um, difficulties with handwriting and drawing, um, if they have like any flat feet with their walking, um, poor posture, if they're sort of a bit clumsy, if you find that they're 
unable to sort of coordinate all of the movements of mm. their body and they're bumping into walls and yep. things all the time. They struggle with that control in their muscles yep. as well. Um, yeah, anything yeah, else that you that's sort of a big notice? one, clumsiness. Yeah. And, and it's one that, you know, all children are a bit clumsy at, at some stage. Mm. Um, that's mm. a big one that you sort of think, oh, is this normal or is this is something else going on. Definitely, um, yeah. So it's a good way to assess that. Mm, and because, um, like, kids are kids. Like, they're going to be a little yeah, bit Yeah, they're going to fall over and, and bump into time. things. Yeah, yeah, but I definitely have had a few parents that when they come in, they say, like, my kid is pretty clumsy, like, all the time. All the time. Just bumps yeah. and bruises yeah. and just yeah. always hitting their head on walls yeah. and things like that. And that's yeah. when you start to maybe think about, yeah, the, the muscle tone and the endurance yeah. and maybe it's just not where it needs mm, to be yeah. yeah and sometimes it is hard to tell with your own child mm, um, especially mm. if it's your first child you you sort of just think oh yeah this, these are normal things about being a kid mm, um, mm. yeah it's not necessarily something that you you pick up on yes yeah. you know there might be something something going on so. definitely if you don't yeah, yeah if you don't have other children like to you said, compare to, compare. to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you said then then if you don't if you don't have other children to compare it to, that's maybe when you're at play groups or yeah. at mum's groups and or out in the playground and you're yeah. like, oh, maybe maybe mm. that's just not quite right. So yeah. even yeah. even if there's completely nothing wrong, it's it, it is always good if, if mm. you need that sort of extra peace of mind. And if you are worried, you can always just bring them in for an assessment. We're not always going to do the bot two. We we never do it on sort of our first or our no. session second no. session anyway um that we can just do like a, a bit of a normal assessment because we sort of know about those milestones and how mm -hmm. kids should be moving at certain ages so yeah we can just sort of help from that perspective as well yeah, yeah. sounds good yeah all right um do you want to go on to talk a bit about asd yeah so autistic yep. spectrum disorder yeah yep. so that's one of the the conditions that the bot2 is quite good to assess that's mm. something we do see in the clinic a fair bit here yeah yeah, yeah that's definitely one of our main yeah. conditions that we have here and the bot2 um, tool that we have there's only a few sort of validated and mm. standardized assessment tools yeah. um, that help with ASD and so yeah it's been sort of researched and clinically proven that the bot2 is one of those assessment tools mm. so really handy to have here in the clinic since we do have quite a lot of patients both children and adults that we treat with ASD yeah 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 so do you just want to tell us like a little bit about ASD and the yep. maybe the three different levels that yeah you presented yeah, yeah. Um, so autism it's a lifelong developmental condition um, characterized by difficulties mainly in social interaction communication um, and restricted and repetitive interests and behaviors and often a lot of sensory sensitivities um, there is also a movement component to ASD, which not everyone is aware aware of. Everyone sort of thinks about the, the social um, issues involved with it. Um, but there are uh, children and, and adults, even with autism, they do have a lot of um, movement difficulties sometimes. So muscle weakness, poor mm. coordination, they sort of are the, the clumsier kids. Mm, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's three different levels. Um, so level one is the lowest classification. Um, so those on this level um, usually require a little bit of support, um, but are generally fairly high high functioning. Um, level two is at mid range, so people require a bit more support in this in this level. Uh, and level three is the most severe. Um, yeah, which require require the most support. Mm, in mm, the community definitely yeah. yeah so I think so for ASD as well um, it is quite 
uh, it's a bit harder maybe to pick up on when they are quite young. It can yes, be evident yeah. from as early as six months on. But mm-hmm. like we said earlier, you, you may not know um, if mm. you don't really have any anything else to compare it to. Especially the lower um, levels, like yeah. the level one, even the level two. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so things like when they're really little, like like a difference in tone if they're a little bit floppier yeah. um, or if they have poor head control, again, that's sort of quite hard because when babies and kids are little, they're, they're building up the strength in their neck, they're building up the strength in their body and things like that. So it is sort of a, a tricky one to know mm. whether they are sort of progressing well or maybe just slightly delayed but sort of around like that two-year mark is when you sort of can really notice yeah whether they have some of those movement difficulties so yeah that developmental delay or when that's globally throughout their whole body that's known Mm. as GDD or global developmental delay Um, and the other common one as well is called DCD which is the developmental coordination disorder as well yeah yeah so it's actually quite big as well. 85% of children with ASD actually have, yeah, struggle with movement difficulties yeah. as well. So it's quite yeah. a high um, percentage. Um, and then we've sort of learnt recently as well when we've been doing some extra paediatric professional development as well um, that 100% of kids with AF- ASD have, like, imitation difficulties as well, which was, like, my biggest light bulb moment yeah. is that you can... You can demonstrate um, something to them. So if we're out in the gym and I want a kid to walk over a balance beam or something like that, they they don't really take the mo- the visual cue quite yeah. as well. They actually need to get on the beam and put Do one foot in front of yeah. the other. And it's yeah. that, that proprioception is what mm. we call that. And it's, it's their body sort of learning to do the movement yeah. itself rather than watching us do watching it, us, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I find, like, I do that a lot yeah. with kids or with everyone. Yep. Just, you know, demonstrate something and then mm. ask them to do it. Definitely, um, yeah. And, yeah, just knowing that they, they struggle with that. Yep. Yeah, yep. definitely. Or especially if it's, like, a multi-step activity. Like, yes. if you've got an obstacle course yeah. set up that has three different components yep. to it and you go and demonstrate the whole obstacle yeah. course just and then you're like, okay, your no turn. Point. Yeah. No point. <laughs> <laughs> just got to <laughs> walk them through through it themselves yeah yeah yep. and yeah, like you know the it. first two or three they, they they're just finding their feet with it and then they're like oh okay I, my body's done this a yeah. few times now i know what you're what you're asking of me and yeah. then you can really sort of work on the skill after that yeah so yep. yeah absolutely yep yep um the other things that um we sort of notice as well with ASD um, is that they sort of struggle sometimes in like social and communication situations as well. Um, so being able to sort of reciprocate um, different sort of emotions and things, um, social interaction, yeah, developing, maintaining and understanding relationships as well as sometimes a challenge for someone on the um, spectrum. Um, the other thing that we notice quite a lot in our kids with ASD as well is the like insistence they need to have the same routine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Their, their routine, routine is very fixed. Mm. Hey, yeah. Especially school age kids, the school term they do quite well because yeah. they know what they need to be doing on a Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. But you get to school holidays when their routine goes out the window. Yeah. And those they kids do and families do struggle. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. In the clinic here, we sort of um, facilitate that where we need, where, where they're seeing the same clinician all the time, mm-hmm. or quite often Trace and I will co-treat a, 
um, one of like our patients and I'll do their, their hydro aspect in the pool and Trace will do their clinic aspect here on the land and, yep. and then they know that that's, that's their routine, that's their setup. Every time they come to the pool, they're seeing me. Every yep. time they come in here, they're seeing you yep. or vice versa as well. Just really helps that routine too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Something more specific. Yeah, yeah. Specific, but I think yeah. it's good to start broad. Yeah. Yeah. And then Definitely. if you want to move into something a bit more specific later on. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, so I guess we just finish it off. Close it off. Yeah. What do we want to say to close it? Mm. <laughs> Might just say like, hope that helps. Yeah. Answer yeah. any of your questions, gives mm. you a little bit of an insight as to what Peace yeah. Physio does, what an yeah. assessment looks like. Right through the whole, you know, any other questions or any mm. specific condition that you're not sure of maybe. Yeah. You should be coming and see us. Yeah. Comment just below. Yeah. You know, yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put the link on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. And then at least, I mean, if somebody actually does end up doing that, you've got a reasonable something to kind of talk about next time. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, that's it from us today. I uh, hope that's given you a bit of an insight into to what pediatric physio looks like, mm. um, and has hopefully answered a few questions that you might have. Mm. Um, if you're still unsure of anything, or you're unsure if you should be coming in with your child. Um, yeah, get in touch with us. Yeah, give us a call. You know, one of the admin girls can always put it through to us whether it's something that you need to come in for. Um, and like we said earlier, you don't need to go through your GP in order yep. to come to physio. There's no referral process needed to come to us. We're um, classed as like a first care service provider, basically, that you don't need a referral. Um, so, yeah, if, if there's any sort of concerns or anything always always happy to help with anything um and then we can always sort of refer on as well if needed yep yeah cool thanks guys right. thank you <laughs> good job guys